Wait, I just wait, and I want it to become as uncomfortable as possible for both of us and for our listeners, because I want to alienate and confound them, uh, you know? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm your partner in that. I'm your partner. <laughs> you know, I'm actually, if there's anything that I, you can get me on board with, it's that. So, so onward, onward and upward. I, I have an intrinsic hatred of anyone who thinks anything I do is interesting. <laughs> that's right. Or well, that, I'm, that's... Or that I'm, I'm, I'm worthwhile at all. Wait. No, that's that, that's what you need to keep from selling out, right? Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. Once, once you absolutely. start respecting your audience, I mean, the art, the quality of the art diminishes. Right, because if you, uh, you know, yeah, anytime the club is full, as John Darnell says, the show is not the only thing that's sold out. Ooh, that's nice. I actually don't know that that mountain goat. What mountain goat song is that? Um, no, doesn't he say? Doesn't he? Is that, is that a saying? I wasn't sure. Yeah, that seemed that didn't. I don't see that scanning even even for his. <laughs> Uh, nasal warble. Uh, <laughs> well, the that's na- a great the- quote, though. No, that's 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 exactly right. <laughs> the nasal warble you're hearing right now is mine. I am Matthew Rather, hosting two weeks in a row, and that's punishment to Ryan, who was away at a conference. Uh, that's what I get for violating violating one set of social norms, uh, choosing one so- set of social norms uh, over another. Yeah, and the other- absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm part of two societies: a society of overthinkers and a society of professional overthinkers. Sometimes the whip gets cracked. Yeah, I guess, uh, I, I guess, I guess so. I don't know what cracking the whip on the, these fucking teenagers podcast would look like. It would be, you know, I don't you, know. It's you text messaging me, dude, are you ready to go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it was five o'clock, 20 minutes ago. Well, we are here to overthink Glee and Gossip Girl. We had a new episode of both this week. And uh, before we go, I'll say, you know, uh, subscribe on iTunes, leave a review on iTunes. If you like the show, would you leave a review on iTunes? Tell, tell, tell people that you like it, help people discover it. Uh, the email is podcast at overthinkingit.com. The voicemail, if you want to uh, call in and leave a comment, is 20fatjog01. That's 203-285-6401. 203-285-6401. We're on Twitter at TFT Podcast. That's twitter.com slash TFT P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And uh, there's usually a lively discussion in the, uh, in the comments thread on the show notes on overthinkingit.com, provided Ryan has not been on the episode. <laughs> so there's usually not a vibrant discussion. So we had. Um, you should fire me. All evidence, all evidence shows that I should be replaced with Jordan. Jordan gets people going a lot better. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I've been me. I, you know, I, I didn't want to be the guy to bring it up. Oh my but, god! Uh, no, no. Are, are we I, having a talk? Are you? Brian, <laughs> we have to talk. <laughs> this um, this week on a very special these fucking teenagers <laughs> podcast. Okay, so into it. This week on a very special Glee. I mean, did you feel like you were watching an after-school special about body image or something? Yeah, yeah. Which is very interesting. I mean, but we've. 
is this the first Glee that has a little bit of a, a after school special vibe? Right? They, they've done the drugs episode. Um, they've done. I mean, they do yeah, pregnancy. The, you know, the drugs episode had a, the drugs episode had a logic to it. You know, it's a twisted, fucked up kind of crazy Glee logic, but it had a logic to it. That is to say, if you give kids a lot of Adderall or whatever it was, I think it was like cold medicine. Right. Right. I think it was right. like it, it was, was kind like, of it was kind of really about Adderall, right? Yeah. Right. And right, if you give kids a bunch of Adderall, they're going to get really tweaky and and things are not going to go well. I mean, there's a, but they'll you know, also do awesome at stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Like, well, they'll speak really well. Yeah, briefly, like it works very very well until it stops working spectacularly, and I think that we can recognize that as like a realistic sort of arc in a drug story like that, right? Right, right. So, so then, what's your problem with the the body image? Well, it was a little, it was a little preachy. I mean, that is to say, it didn't have a dramatic logic. It it started out with the kind of didactic thing. I mean, could you, could you even imagine Sue sort of winning that? I, I thought there were a lot of missed opportunities. You know, what if Sue had had sort of won it? You know what I mean? What if what if Mercedes had barfed her way down to a uh, you know size six or something and and. Uh, and and that's how the episode had ended and and right rather than i i you know i knew i knew uh even earlier than um uh oh god what's her name blonde cheerleader pregnant uh quinn quinn what's wrong with me today uh even before quinn looked at her in close up and said you're beautiful yeah, you know right. even right. before that i right. knew the christina aguilera song was coming right um, but you just, you just like there was no other song. Like, what you didn't think it was, you knew it wasn't going to be Fat Bottom Girls. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See that that would have been that's that's what I that's what I want from Glee, right? <laughs> there's there's got to be, and every time they've gone at the uh, that at the moral stuff, they've really kind of gone at it in a subversive way, like like the 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 un. Uh, really, the sort of unadulterated mockery of the abstinence club. Yeah, oh, uh, we got a we got a um, uh, sort of an interesting uh, observation from Cat, uh, listener Cat, who uh, wrote in to say, um, who wrote in to say that the uh, the do you remember the Russian Polish party game wedding party game on Gossip Girl where yes, they do the yeah. balloons that that mm-hmm. recalls the immaculate affection. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, game in the abstinence club, yes, it's yes, sort of a thing. Yes. Good on you, good on you, cat, for coming. We're, we're, I'm, I'm going to sprinkle in comments from our listeners throughout the episode because, no, and that, that actually makes sense, right? Though you could imagine that 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 is. I mean, I, I know nothing of that uh, of 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 the origins or the cultural accuracy of that of the Russian Polish game, but you could imagine that you know. You, you can see that game fitting in a you know, especially a Catholic society. I mean, you know, a few episodes ago we talked about. Um, you know the religious roots uh, and cultural roots of, of wedding traditions um, a little bit, and so you can see the re- the relationship between that and and the, and the celibacy club. But I mean, on one hand, it was socially embedded, right? In Gossip Girl, it's embedded in a cultural context, and it's now done as a party game, right? Even though no one believes that this is a way that you actually test or practice celibacy, right? It's it's that people, you know, attitudes have changed. Like, Drode is pregnant, right? Um, but they still play the game because it's a, it's part of the ritual. Whereas um, in Glee, it's sort of an em- it's an empty ritual, right? Sure, well, right, yeah. It's a it's a ritual. You see, it, the difference is that it's a ritual that is supposed to have meaning, but then doesn't have meaning. Mm, you know, right, right. Whereas the real ritual, as you you and Jordan talked about last week, 
the real ritual is in the loss of the virginity, right? Um, so it's it's not it's not embedded in the actual cultural beliefs and practices of of the group um, of the group that's practicing it, right? Uh, so you know, um, interesting thing, but still, you know, this this thing it was such a drag. It was such a drag. There was not a single up tempo number in the whole thing. Other than well, the, there there is the Springsteen song, right? Fire, sort of, uh, but that's like a mid tempo rocker. You know what I mean? There wasn't yeah. anything. You know, there wasn't anything that made yeah, me want to get but they, Well, they were smiling when they sang it, though. So it made it, it, it ra- you round up, right? On 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 that song, <laughs> I was round up um, on on that one. I mean, because that that one, I was feeling good about the episode. Um, I you know I watched this while traveling, so um, I was getting I was boarded in the plane while that song uh, was was on. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good episode, and I had to pause it when, when the plane took off. And I resumed the episode, and just the energy deflated from there, right? Yeah. It was like, good thing the plane was staying up, because if the plane was running on glee, you'd be dead now. I'd be dead. I'd be... Um, <laughs> I'm a survivor. I would have I would have fashioned a landing pad for my, uh, for my fellow passengers. Well, yeah, right. Recall that your seat cushion can be used as a, as a flotation device. You'd be on a Gossip Girl island. You know, you'd be stuck on like a, a, a instead of instead of polar bears, they have like Chuck Bass. You know, they have they have cultural references to uh, you know Bushwick. Right, 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 right. But it moves. It would be like a Bizarro Gossip Girl island that moves through time, right? So then all of a sudden, it's like you know, season four. It's it's um, it, we're, we're back when Lily's a teenager. Yeah. Um, wrong island. Wrong island. <laughs> all right. So any, I mean, anything else with Glee? This. Uh... You know, well, I, I think we shouldn't we shouldn't get too bummed out by the by the song choices. I think you know, in some ways, the the interesting plots were were happening in the in the non singing realms, right? So I think that the um, I, I think a lot of the action this episode was happening um, in the in the plot with uh, of the romance between Kurt's father and uh, Finn's and Finn's mom, right? Um, and where where uh, Kurt. Um, had a, engaged in cognitive agenda setting, right? By by fixing them up, um, with with the goal of 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 getting closer to Finn, right? Of 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 uh, of, of somehow actualizing his uh, his his crush on Finn without actually you know taking a risky step, right? Right. Um, and 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 so you know the, his vision is that their parents, uh, you know, their parents fall in love. They're both you know they're both you know, widow widow widower. Um, they're both, you know, pretty staunchly Midwest, uh, middle-class, uh, you know, simple folk. Um, bunk up. And so he can kind of, you know, inhale deeply, uh, at, at, at Finn's, uh, man musk or something. I <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, well, right. Yeah. It's sort of, uh, sort of a weird strategy. I guess, I guess it's like a second best uh, it, this is plan B, you know what I mean? If I can't convert him to homo, right, uh, at least I can see him in the shower in the morning or something. Right, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's, it's unclear. It's unclear whether it's... Um, I mean, it's unclear what step two uh, is well, right, well, in this scheme. Um, right, right, right. Um, it, it's, it's unclear whether... I think it's uh, it's cut a hole in the box. Or no, is it put your junk in the box? Um Step one, <laughs> yeah, it's step two. You're junk in the box. Right. <laughs> um, um, no, um, 
I think, right, so it's unclear whether step two is it's that whether he's settling for just being around Finn all the time or whether this is a way to, it's like an opportunity strategy, right? So it's that if, like, he figures, well, you know, there's, like, some baseline probability of having a homosexual encounter, you increase that by, by creating a situation that, um, that creates opportunities, right? So you just want to create proximity. Um, and so he, he wants to want some new brothers so that then they can commit um, incest. Of some kind. <laughs> that's the Gossip Girl realm. I don't think that's. I don't think that is in the Glee universe. That's the. But, uh, the well, in, in that you don't think incest exists as a concern in the in the Glee universe, or you think that that motivation is not um, that. I mean, sure, sure. He doesn't. I mean, I don't think he wants to commit incest, but I, I think he wants. I mean, I don't think. Though, really, really, how much worse is it? than Serena and Dan dating when Rufus right. and Lily. Well, I think, right. So I think that that's the, that's the, the, the point, right? Is that it's a very, it's a similar situation, right? So, um, for those of you who are not gossip girl listeners or viewers, um, and for those of you who are as a refresher season one, the main plot line is that, um, Dan and Serena are dating and then they find out that their parents have this history and possibly a present and future. Um, and, and, get creeped out by that, right? And they get creeped out again in season two because they're dating again and then find out that their parents have a kid together. Um, and, and that, like, makes them, like, siblings. And I think that I think that part of what makes this uncomfortable in that world is that, as we've talked about before, this is a world that, that's very concerned with the legitimacy of, of birth and of childhood, right? So that, and which is like, which is socially constructed, right? So the social relationship of parentage and, and siblingness um, and relatedness matters more than the biological relationship in some sense, sure. right? Um, and, and so, so yeah, that this is, I mean, a, sort of sorry. Lily's revolving door of husbands seems right. to illustrate, uh, this point. And, you know, she somehow doesn't seem to lose face ever, right? You don't get the sense that she's, you know, being kicked off the board of the Met because of no. her, uh, you know, because of her, her frequent flyer, because she has a, a heavy frequent flyer account of husbands, you know? Right, or like it's a punch card, like the 10th husband's free, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah, the 10th wedding is free. Right, but that's because that, that fits within, it's, it, it, it fits within a, a, a social a pattern, of um of, that that's legitimate and like Rufus pushes that right like Rufus is just on the fringe of 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 being able to play by those rules right and that's that's a lot of the tension that's playing out in this season as well right that um that he's not a, and we'll, we'll we'll get into this or maybe we can segue but let's, let's let's we can bring it back to Glee and then crash this out part of you know Rufus is is very uh um uncomfortable with uh with with william it's william vanderwoodson right and played by william baldwin coming back into the picture right um whereas you know if if rufus were from the world he would understand what this means right he would he would know how to play by the rules and 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 grant grant william you know whatever whatever it is is is, that is uh that, that 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 is acceptable grant him that access and and rufus has these very um Un, unfashionable or outsider views of, of of what is right, and that's that's setting up the conflict that will drive us, the, you know, the way to the end of the season. I think we have like four episodes left till the end of the season. Yeah, of, three or four. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Gossip Girl. But I think so. In, in Glee, I think that um, 
you know, that matters, that, that matters much less. Right. So I don't think that, I mean, I wouldn't really be able to defend the claim that, that Kurt is, is especially, I'm not sure I want to defend the claim that Kurt is like titillated by the idea of hooking up with his stepbrother, but it's like not a concern, right? It's not on the agenda. It's that this is, it's a, so I, I don't think the, the strategy, I don't, I mean, I didn't read it as a second best strategy. I read it as this is his, his new um, means to get to the, the end of, of hooking up with Finn. Um, sure. Uh, sure. Oh, Yeah. You didn't. Re- you didn't read it. I. I. I you're. You're not. You're not. I thought so it sure. was not that. I, I. Of getting close to Finn. I. I'd say it's not. I think it was really? not that well thought out. I think it was not. I think it was kind of inchoate. I think that he. He. You know. I. I mean. You get the sense that he's. Um, that he's gay, obviously, but is he sexually mature? That is to say, mm-hmm. would would he know what to do with a big hunk of beef if one presented itself? You know, you have a feeling he'd be a little squeamish about it. The way, kind of the way Emma is, right? That's interesting, right? Well, because he's played in this very, this very, very delicate way. Yeah, and right? kind of like, yeah, a little mincing and a little, a little kind of uptight about everything being just so, and not, uh, you know, not tolerant of of a mess, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Not, not tolerant of of what I'll refer to as Santorum. Yeah, I was gonna say as 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 the as as the the distinguished senator from from Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> um, well, but but I mean, so I mean, what I didn't understand actually, and this is actually so even like the up tempo versus like down tempo songs, like I didn't really understand the role of the, the Dion Warwick song um, that, that, that Kurt sings, right? Kurt sings, a house is not a home. Um, yeah. And, and I, 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 I usually it's very easy to like read the relationship between the song and, and the narrative um, and, you know, and the internal lives of the characters. I couldn't really figure out Right, so because the way well, because that song, that song is written, the, uh, that song is written about a desire which is not an adolescent desire. You know, that song is written about an adult desire to kind of settle down and to build a nest and to you know establish stability, right? And to establish kind of stable long term partnerships. That you know, that's uh, that's not a teenage song. And the, I mean, the idea is that the connection, the hook was to, you know, the chair, uh, the chair that, that, um, uh, mm-hmm. Finn's mom Finn's was, was, yeah, yeah that yeah. Finn's dad used to sit in that Finn's mom was, was selling, uh, or was trying to sell. Um, and that, that, you know, that very kind of superficial thing. And then this kind of this general sense of like, I'm lonely and want someone to be with. But the, the, the gist of that song, I think is not, of a piece with the kind of adolescent right. desire. It would have it would have worked if it were actually being sung by by Finn's mom, right? Or like Finn's mom and, yeah. and Kurt's dad. Um, like they needed to layer it, and it, like I think it could have been an interesting. Um, they they could have done something complex, right? Because they bring this song back um, as a reprise, um, a, a reprise medley with the Barbara Streisand "One Less Bell to Answer" right. when they they do the du- duet with Will and April. Um, and I feel like it would have worked better as this kind of quartet, um, and 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 mashed up with something a little more adolescent um, and 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 romantic. And I think that would have worked right. uh, because like, they still. I mean, that's why I think I guess that song and the way that uh, that that Chris Colfer performed it 
Um, the actor who plays Kurt, which was a little camp. I mean, it was a little campy, wasn't it? It, it was, was a little campy, and they. I mean, the makeup, like they really pinked up his lips, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and he's always. I mean, they they always do like a full on, you know, heavy foundation, like cheeks, eyes. You know, he he's always kind of. But, they, they, but it they brought it out this time. Like they really like drew your attention, especially. I, I wonder. Account. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the like the. Um, you know the the cheerleading outfit also kind of kind of helps to feminize yeah. him a little bit, right? Right. So I mean, and that's why. So that so even I don't know the way that the the visual presentation and the, like the visual presentation, the music, and the actual narrative were in this tension, and not and it wasn't a kind of tension that was like a like an exciting creative tension, but it was this tension where it it made it made it confusing, right? It, it, it was not. They were working at cross purposes in ways that they rarely do in Glee, um, and and it, it was a little it was a little confounding for that reason. Right, yeah, I mean, and this coming uh, coming the week after what Jordan termed the crazy awesome sex montage, right? Where right. you know three couples are are losing their virginity or at least fantasizing about losing their virginity right. to the tune of "Like a Virgin," which right. is not actually a song about losing your virginity, but but about feeling like you're about right. to lose your virginity, right? right. And so, that right. and that certain of the characters are virgins and certain of them aren't, and certain of them are like versions and there's some odd gender reversals in the song and this is this is all very interesting and right. this, yeah and that th- th- this just didn't and it also like i, I gotta say the streisand song like went on and on oh and i know on and on and like it seems like there were like four story beats in that song you know what i mean like well, and, uh, and i and i didn't yeah and Kristen they... chenoweth is lonely will you know puts her to bed on the couch he goes to bed alone in his bed and she comes into his bed Right, yeah, and that's yeah. and, and, and like they hold hands. That's that's it. You, I know, you know it was not it was not very right. So in um in 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 my line of work, we we talk about a value of um of parsimony. Yeah. Um. Of, of, and it's, it's specifically referred to to theories or or um like models of, of 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 behavior, and that so the idea is that you know there's a value to saying more with less, right? And this was this is like an example of saying less with more. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know, it didn't need three minutes of screen time, four minutes of screen. No, time. no, exactly. Um, and and also, and and then they layered on the reprise of a house is not a home. Um, I mean, I, I don't see why if they wanted to use a house is not a home, they could have just done that as as the Will uh, April duet. Um, well, yeah, but it's it was even unclear what was going on. I, I hate it that we're just bitching and bitching about this. I mean, we no, 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 no. But we're not on. just bitching. We're really trying to to think it through because. Yeah. I mean, we've been really on board with Glee all along, and it's because they 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 combine you know interesting ideas. Um, well, it's because there's a kind of consistency to it, though it's not a a, a narrative consistency. It's not a serialized consistency. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? There's there's a there's a consistency of theme. Let's say, well, th- or there's a consistency th- of action. But I think that the consistency of theme. I mean, you guys talked about this a little bit uh, last week. I think um, where you know you've um, you have these these episodes where there's it's 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 variations on a theme, right? And it's the way of like making sense of the, why we have a Madonna episode. Um, and really, for the last three, especially since they've come back after the after the break. Um, all three episodes have been very themey, right? The first one is all about hello, yep. um, hell or hello, and we're um, back. And, and, and essentially, that that episode was like we're back, right? Know? Right? Right? Um, and, and it was also about Rachel. It was about Rachel and Jesse St. James meeting. The next yeah. one was about Madonna. 
Right, um, right. But and then this one was about was was about home, and right. I, it's they just didn't. But it's weird because and it's, it's and it it also it was set up right the cognitive agenda as we've taken to call it was set up again in this like there was a camera move on Schuster right he's sitting there and he he looks you know he looks up at the glee and says you know something about and home you know we have to find a new yeah. home yeah and you know and this was it and he's looking for a new apartment and the glee club needs a place to practice and um, you but know, then that's why I, then, so I guess the idea of that then is also the the body image plot is about being at home in your own body right a, yeah, uh, yeah i guess so in a manner of in a manner of speaking or either that or it's like then 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 what you're having is a breakdown of the the thematic consistency right um you know the, i think that that's so it's it's both like this really tight all of the songs have to do with the central idea um and um like is 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 constraining in a in a way that's a little artificial, um, and then at the same time, some of the plot lines actually don't fit within that well, right? So it's both overly constra- it's, it's setting up rules that maybe we don't want to follow, and then it's not following them, but in a uh, in in a way that is that is not artistically satisfying, right? And so, I mean, it, it, it's it's it it. You know, if if I if if we're bitching, it's because it's not giving us what 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 it usually gives us. Yeah. Right. Um. In terms of, I mean, uh, from yeah, a look, purely they set, like, you know, they set the bar this high, and and if they don't clear it, then you know. Well, and this is and this is from our perspective of of wanting to, you know, as as analysts, right? I mean, it, it's, we want to because you can. Um, yeah, but I think even as even as dumb entertainment, I think this this thing. Oh sure. Forward. I also sure. I'm also I'm not a fan of like I, I'm with Fenzel when he says like you think Lethal Weapon is dumb, you think it's stupid. Go write it. Go try to make Lethal Weapon and be a millionaire. You know, yeah. and and we'll see how easy it is to make you know to make dumb entertainment. But you know, I so I'm not so to quote of, to quote another 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 wordy um uh uh, uh um uh, indie entertainer. Um, the Qu- Craig Finn of the Hold Steady. Uh, everybody's a critic, but most people are DJs. Um, <laughs> and that, and that, being a critic, and you know, this is this is he made he 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 made this this lyric was written shortly after moving to Williamsburg, Brooklyn, in which everyone, specifically everyone's a critic, right? Everyone has a music blog. Everyone is 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 critiquing, and but the the extent of their production is being iPod DJs, um, or maybe. Yeah. Cute, a few cute mashups. No, so I think that's right. I think I think that, but again, that's why I'm trying to. I think as um, again, we want to. Um, this isn't a criticism or review show, right? This is a, this is an analytic show, right? Exactly, um, and, we're, and so we're not we're we're not concerned with the fact that it fell short as entertainment. We're concerned with the with, with the idea of like, you know, there seems to be a project. Usually, right. and it's right. it's it's sometimes a little difficult to discern precisely what it is. But I think we've we've worked at it for over a long time, and you know we've arrived at something that that we are reasonably sure is is operating and is coherent. And this this just fell short of it. Anyway, we spent yeah. half the episode talking about Glee, and we I think we meant well, that's to. fine, but that's okay. I mean, we didn't expect to do that, but yeah. it, uh, ostensibly, um, this is this is a show which purports to be about Gossip Girl and Glee. So that I think that. Um, I, I don't feel bad about having spent half of the show um, uh, on on Glee, even even though even if it uh, was um, the more lackluster of the two shows this week. Yep. Well, let's uh, let's get into the 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 less the lustrous the yeah, lustrous the, the more lustrous show the less lackluster show uh, uh, not the least because of the the pres- the presence of the radiant luminous William Baldwin. 
Yes. Billy so Baldwin, if you will. We're, we're getting back to the, and he's doing his best Alec Baldwin. I know, didn't you? I, it was totally right? like, I felt like I was watching 30 Rock at certain, yeah. at certain yeah. times. Because yeah, it's, not so just, it's not just that he's doing Alec Baldwin, he's doing Alec Baldwin at his most smarmy. Right, he's doing, he's doing the Jack Donaghy, right? He's doing the whisper voice. Um, yeah. The um, the Ying Yang twins voice, um, uh, and 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 it, but he was going in and out of it, right? Um, but it's it's I thought it, I thought he was great, right? So he's introduced as as he's brought in as as Serena's um, Serena's father, uh, who is who is a doctor and is treating Lily's cancer, right? Um, why wouldn't they say cancer? I don't understand. Is like cancer a brand name that they the one like the one thing they can't directly reference is cancer. <laughs> Yeah, it's it is a little it is a, especially in a show where it's like girls the outlets by the bed <laughs> go on in right which I don't know I don't think it was just to charge their phones yeah it's you know it's funny um, didn't right, Serena, didn't didn't say Serena what she has didn't Serena say it later well maybe it's just more mysterious if they don't say what what she has well they maybe, say the c word they say we don't want to see the say the c word yeah. I don't, uh, yeah. Canker source. She has canker source. Right. She, um, well, <laughs> it's, it's clear from the end of the episode that he's working some kind of angle, you know? Uh, and it's not, it's not totally clear what it is, but it, you know, you get the sense that maybe he's not a real doctor. Maybe the prescription is fake, you know, right, maybe, right. maybe his motives are, well, his motives are certainly ulterior. We just don't know, uh, exactly in what direction it's tending. But so, okay. So, I mean, the one thing that's happened is that, you know, we talked about these relationships, which for about a, a hot minute there were, were pretty stable are now being destabilized. And yes. I think that this latest episode was kind of a laboratory, uh, in what works and what doesn't work to destabilize a relationship, mm, mm-hmm. you know, and that that like Jenny did not manage to break up Nate and Serena, and that even even had Serena not walked in at that moment, uh, Nate had said no to her, no, don't kiss me, you know what I mean? No, right. no, I'm I'm not interested, right? Uh, right. You know, especially after she tarted it up and, you know, went out all night and, you know, and of course they have Taylor Momsen like prancing around the set in, uh, in, uh, uh, like a men's dress shirt with no bottoms on. And this is, yeah, right. This is, uh, uh, I mean, we, we've said before that it it is the, the telos of the girl to go wild, but, um, (laughs) uh, I, I don't know. It just, it seems like there's no, uh, has, has she no parents? You know, where, where are these children's parents? And I, I don't mean the characters. I mean, the actors, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, amb- ambition seems to be something that can, uh, you know, kind of not uh, that can destabilize relationships, not other romantic entanglements, but another person's ambition, uh, or another person's kind of ulterior motives or designs on your, on your fortune. Right. So you're, you're, you're talking here about, um, about, about, um, um, uh, Dan, Dan, and um, what's her face? Right, uh, Vanessa. Yeah, exactly. And that that they seem to be, um, you know, they seem to be at loggerheads because, uh, you know, did Vanessa steal Dan's story for her application? She applied. There was only one spot. I never would have applied if I had I had known that yours was the only spot. Which is a hell of a thing to say, right? Like, um, but I, you know, I think this is an, that this is a, an example of what I always talk about of, of it being like a, a blatantly elitist or blatantly aristocratic um, 
worldview on this show that Dan, the one who really has, you know, whatever you think of, of how glibly uh, the show portrays artistic endeavor, uh, uh, Dan is the guy who has been working at it or at least has had a consistent um, – you know, a, a, a consistent uh, uh, project of writing, you know, right. um, uh, the guy who's like it built up some skills, presumably. Uh, Although all that rejected, we know of whereas, Dan's writing, right? Like all, all that we know of Dan's writing, he's not a very good writer. <laughs> um, I mean, at least, I mean, I don't know. He was published. He was published in The New Yorker. Of course, I think a lot of the fiction in the New Yorker is crap, but yeah, you know. So there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, he's published in the New Yorker, and what the hell do they know about good writing? Right. Um, yeah. So, but then, and contrast that then with Vanessa, and so because it's not that Vanessa is. I mean, I mean, but Vanessa works at her at her craft as well, but I guess not as a writer primarily. No, as a as a uh, you know as an auteur as a documentary videographer. Mm. Um, so she's just more like just raw raw talent. So that, I mean, that you you may believe that that, um, that 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 Vanessa may have more raw talent, like maybe more actually creative than than Dan. Even well, if she's not. Yeah, I, I mean, growing up with those parents while they were organizing the cheese farmers in Vermont, you know, <laughs> right, it had right. to be there had to be ample opportunities uh, for had to have been ample opportunities for a child to exercise her imagination. Right. <laughs> right. Um, probably playing with Playmobil toys rather than, you know, video games or something like that. Um, and and there's little trains. What are the trains? Um, you know, all those, there's toy stores. There's the pretentious kid, kids, toy stores, right? Everything's made of wood. Yeah. Reload trains or whatever. It's all, it's all, um, it's like sustainably forested wood, right? Right. These days, definitely. I mean, back when we were young tykes, less so, but it was all made, it was all these like European toys, right? That were, like, did you ever play with Playmobil toys? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're 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 way more abstract, so you have to use your imagination more. And so that's why Vanessa got the position. Hey, I had blocks, baby. I would build things. I would build, uh, you know, towers and structures and things like this out of uh, just wooden blocks. That's all I need to set my <laughs> imagination a humming. So when, when Dan, you know, in the climactic, uh, in the climactic party where everyone of course ends up, uh, in Bushwick, mm-hmm. uh, of all oh, places. Sh- <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, okay. So topical references, right. Uh, Tim Burton exhibit at MoMA, you know, serendipity that really likes the, the frozen hot chocolate and Bushwick, which is funny because I've actually been with, um, uh, actually, with Jordan, who is uh, on the on the the podcast, I've been to a, a similar um, uh, a similar. I've actually been to an actual Bushwick Warehouse art party, um, and it, it it was way less nice looking than that. Right, like this was <laughs> this was a party where I think you like you had you know you had the the, the, the only bathrooms were were outhouses in the corner. Um, and then there was a there was a. And it was uh, unclear whether they were an installation or whether they were actually working outhouses. Exactly. exactly. Um, the the best and worst thing about this party was the chandelier. The the quote unquote chandelier was um, two long planks of wood that were tied together in, a, in an X um, and uh, suspended from the ceiling. And then there were candles on the ends of each of these planks of wood. So this it was like it was it was a fire hazard, uh, just swinging back and forth over the heads of of the many uh, of the unwashed masses um, in, this, in this party. Um, so. 
so this is a very sanitized version of, of Bushwick, right? It is it's a place where um, – Well, it's it, sanitized. It, it, I mean, Gossip Girl shows is sanitized New York. Sure. You know? Um, no, but it's, but it's interesting. But it, it does get something right that, um, the, that the, 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 the performers here include um, you know, Willa, the classmate of, of Dan and, and Vanessa – Whose um, whose father is on the on the board of the of the Tish program? And, you know, she's one of the people performing in this, right? So this isn't this isn't just um, this isn't just. Uh, yeah, I love how she seems to be setting up her installation while the party is is going on. You know, like she she couldn't get there any earlier in the afternoon to like make her her piece. You know, to get her piece uh, up. Yeah, that was weird. I, I couldn't quite figure that out. Um, like, why do we have to? Why do we have to have this conversation on a piece of scaffolding? Yeah, no, no, totally. Um, but I think that so you're saying yeah, it's interesting. You say that um, you, you say that ambition, the mutual ambition of of Dan and Vanessa is what is tearing them um, apart. Um, it actually um, it actually seems to be the case that um, that she plays a, a role too, right? So there is um, a certain amount of again cognitive agenda setting that goes goes on, and, and the fact that she's w- the one in this triad that has. Um, you know, certain forms of social power, right? So that, that she's really the one that is that seems to be successfully pulling them apart, right? and her manipulations both um, convincing Dan that he deserves this, um, and 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 suggesting that her father could reopen the applications, um, and then and then telling Vanessa what Dan told her, right? So she's like she's the one that really drives them apart rather than themselves, or or don't you think? Don't you don't you read it that way? No, I mean that's. You know that's that's true, but it seems like even had she not uh, intervened, and even if it were Vanessa who were go who was going to the program, it it still seemed like this was a wedge driving between yeah. them. The fact that Vanessa had applied at all, and she says she never, you know, she never would have done it had Dan not, you know, had she known there was only one space, it sort of belonged to Dan in, you know, in the in the world of that couple, which right. is, you know, uh, totally anti-feminist, but okay, you know, I, I understand that, at least I understand that mentality. And, and then later on, um, you know, they're having a fight about this, and you know, Dan says, how could you apply? And she says, well, I explained that. And he says, no, you justified it. And I was right. curious what you think about that. It strikes me that he's making a distinction there that may be a distinction without a difference, or there may be a big difference, right, between what does it mean to explain your actions and to justify your actions? Well, I think that maybe he, his, his word is not and almost what he really like the better writing of that would have been to say that that she rationalized her actions, right? Um, I mean that there's a difference between um, um, giving an account, right? So there's a concept again in, in political science of accountability. Um, and we talk about you know in wanting to when we want to improve political institutions, we often talk about wanting to improve the account the accountability of politicians to to the public. Um, and what that generally means is. Is is ultimately the the need to give a a, a um, explanation of your of your actions, and I, I, I've been I actually it's hard for me to just give this uh, definition of, um, of 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 accountability without saying the word justification. Or so I think that, that that Dan's distinction is is like you say a distinction without a difference, but there is a distinction between giving a verbal account of of, of uh, an action that that's about reason right it's about it's it's in the the realm of politics that is concerned with 
discourse and 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 rationality, right? So you give a reasoned account of of your decision, um, and and um, it's about deliberation, right? The role of deliberation in politics, um, and and so that um, if if you know what Dan is accusing of. Uh, uh, Vanessa is engaging in sort of incomplete reasoning in this, right? Of self-serving reasoning and and, and un, an unfull, an incomplete. Um, the actual you went, you, went, you you disappeared for a second. You said uh, of unfull, did I Skype out? Yeah, you did. Uh, you uh, unfull reasoning of an incomplete accounting of her own motives. You mean? Um, yes, that that was, that was what I was driving at. Right? Is that um, is, is, is that, is that, um, she, what, um, is that, that she says, oh, I, I explained this or, or even that she justified this. Um, and, and what Dan is accusing her of, of not really being honest about that reason, right? So given reasoning that, that supports her, that is not actually the reasoning that, that she, um, actually used, right? So that, so that, I think I think that that is and I think again that the word rationalization fits closer to what Dan. So I think there is a um, there is a difference in concepts, but I don't think the word choice got at the actual underlying distinction um, between between the concepts. Yeah, because it seems like the 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 difference, at least as I read it in just a plain reading, the difference between the idea of explanation and the idea of justification is whether someone is challenging you or not, and right, like and and uh, and there seems to be more going on about whether we are operating under the same rules of evidence or not. What I mean, what counts as evidence seems to be seems to be at issue because you know you can explain. Isn't like I you know I'm a selfish bitch. Isn't that an explanation? Yeah, it is. Wait, well, that's a better. That's a better explanation, right? right. That, that a, would be a more complete. Right. So that would be there'd be a more complete account of, or a, at least an account that is that is sort of at very at 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 um not at variance with demonstrable reality. Right, and, and I would just say right, right, and because we before talked about um, ethics in Gossip Girl, right? So this is it would fit into a, a code of ethics that is um that is is somehow. Um, um, what is, is, is somehow a, 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 a consequentialist egoist, right? An individual egoist code of ethics, right? So that a, a real justification or a real um, explanation would be, this is my moral code. I think this was the right thing to do because, you know, what's important is the outcome for me. Um, and, and that's why I did this and that's why it is the right action. Um, and that's what a, 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 a and, and Dan could have said, well, I think that is, you know, um, wrong. Um, you know, I, I think that is wrong because it hurts me and I hold this code of ethics and we're just going to have to, you know, the, like that is, and then they can either, um, you know, end their relationship on, with that understanding that their codes of ethics, I mean, they're the same code of ethics, but they're not really compatible with having a relationship because they're two egoists. Uh-huh. Um, or, or, or they come to some new understanding. They create a new moral, shared moral, intersubjective moral understanding, right? So that, but but the Vanessa is, is not participating in that. And I don't think Dan is honestly either, right? Dan constantly engages in, in rationalization, and um, and and so so I think that that is what's going on there. Um, and we'll see if they're done. I mean, they're not done, done, right? There's there's a few more 
uh, layers um, to go. Uh, we'll see where the, where where they are at the end of end of the season. Do you have a, do you have a prediction? Uh... Well, I think. Look, this is another thing we got from uh, from Cat in her email, which was that um, you know there seems to be a different uh, there seems to be a different set of rules in um, operating in Glee and Gossip Girl. One is about the stability of relationships, or sort of a longing for um, uh, stability, and one is about you know one is about. Um, uh, wife swapping in a sense, right? Like Gossip Girl doesn't seem to be sentimental about uh, when you get a new boyfriend. You know, it's it, it seems to be in the in the laws of this universe that when you get a um, when you get a new girlfriend or boyfriend, everyone should just be okay with that. And like you and I used to be dating, but I'm dating this other girl now. So right, right. you know, so you know, you just have to deal. And that that goes all the way to the you know to some of the marriages. And like the the fact that Rufus isn't okay with that is like one of the one of the 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 indicators you know as you've said that he's not really of this world um, right. but i but i think something's different is going on with Dan and Vanessa just because of the length of the build up to their doing it uh mm. first they're doing it in the OM3 episode and then they're doing it uh you know for reals uh right. if you will or or uh you know on the deuce on right? the deuce <laughs> 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 Um, you know, um, so it, it it would be uh, not that I think this show is above this because, as I've said, it's it's not plotted well at the macro level. But like, just to kind of pick this up in order to throw it away, um, they, uh, you know, th- this is not um, this is not uh, really this is I think cheating us out of out of something because we've been invested in this arc, uh, this arc of Dan and Vanessa being meant for each other, whatever it means. Um, you know, uh, and contrast that to Glee, where when uh, when Rachel gets going with Jesse, we all know that she really belongs with Finn. You know, and and uh, in the sense that kind of Chuck and Chuck and Blair belong together, and and um, and Gossip Girl doesn't seem to be interested in telling us stories about stable partnerships. That, that... well, yeah, that's an interesting question, right? So it's that they want to. Um... I mean, I think they realize because they're, you know, they're, 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 uh, they're, they're gearing up for their fourth season. Um, you know, they, I guess it's that they're not interested. They're, they're worried about becoming, I don't know. I don't, I don't watch One Tree Hill, right? One Tree Hill's the show that, that leads into, um, 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 Gossip Girl. And I think that One Tree Hill, I mean, I've just sort of, you know, I have a Wikipedia level knowledge of, of One Tree Hill, but I think that One Tree Hill has been on for a while and started as a teen soap opera, but has, has now followed these characters into adulthood, if, mm. I know, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm correct about that. And I don't know how stable the relationships are, but it's a different kind of trajectory than, than the way Gossip Girl wants to go, right? Gossip Girl doesn't want to jump too far into the future um, of look at, let's look at Chuck and Blair as, as adults, you know, an adult married couple in this world. Let's like, you know, almost pull a madman and, and jump forward three years, four years. Uh-huh. Uh, um, they, they want to keep, you know, going more or less in real time. Right. So that w- when this, um, season ends, season four begins, it'll be, you know, the first episode of season four will be approximately about either the end of the summer or the beginning of the school year. Right. They're on this, they're on a cycle, they're on a calendar that that's more or less in real time. Um, and so, so they want to, right. They, and the characters, to, the characters age one year with every, uh, right. With every year of of you know real time, right? So it's it's getting difficult though because I mean I I think that without 
they, they have to start. I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I'd be surprised if they don't, and it'll be hard for them to write themselves in this direction. And I mean, I'm sure they'll eventually bring back these configurations. Um, I mean, this is what we said before, right? Is that the, the um, you know, what was happening um, at the beginning of this half of the season is that you were getting all of the people who seem like they should be together were together, right? Um, narratively, you were getting, um, you, you get Nate, Nate Serena, Chuck Blair, Dan Vanessa, and that's already about to be blown to, to smithereens. So, right. I mean, I don't know. If, if they want to keep having romantic couplings, they're, they're, we're either going to get see another, you know, rash of um, guest stars, or, or they're going to have to make um, Dan Blair happen, right? Because, uh, <laughs> you know, who else, who else is left? I mean, right. Vanessa's done it with everybody, literally everybody, yeah. Yeah. In, including one of the lady guest stars. Right, 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 right. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're 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 running out of of um, of, of configurations um, uh, to keep it to keep it fresh. And so and I, that's why I thought you know having pairings and seeing the 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 dynamics of these couples could be an interesting way to to go with this. But they're instead just introducing instability, right? That the only constant is this is this instability. Well, no, there's there's another constant, Ryan, and it's this: that next week we'll be back with a new episode of these fucking teenagers. That was good. That was subtle. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, you know what to do. You you agree? You want to talk about uh, you want to talk about um, the lack of, of of thematic unity and glee? You want to talk about uh, uh, you know the parent trap? Uh, plot in Glee. You want to talk about whether Kurt really wants to do it with his brother? You want to talk about um, uh, the, the, doing it on the deuce? Doing it on the deuce. You want to talk about uh, OM three? <laughs> you want to talk about uh, you know the difference between explanation and rationalization, uh, stability and uh, instability in narrative couplings. Um, in I mean romantic couplings in this in this narrative. You know what to do. You email us at podcast at overthinkingit You uh, hit us on the twitters at TFT Podcast. You call two zero three two eight five six four zero one. And more than anything else, you turn tune in next week. Tune in next week. That's that's a that's a terrible segue. I, we need a new. We need a new outro. Uh, you tune in next week and download our next episode. Why? Not just for the Santorum. <laughs> t- I was going to yell Santorum into uh, whatever you said. The only thing you did, you took that away from me. <laughs> not just because, uh, not just because Ryan Ryan is back. Not not just to see whether the stability of the romantic coupling of Ryan and me can withstand another week, but for these fucking, fucking Santoruminators. Teenagers.